died, died, smashed and killed, and now, so much as me as that dream was, is dead, dead forever. I dreamt I was another man, you know, living in a different part of the world and in a different time. I dreamt that night after night, night after night, I woke into that other life, fresh scenes and fresh happenings, until I came upon the last. When you died, when I died, and since then, no, he said, thank God, that was the end of the dream. It was clear I was in for this dream, and after all, I had an hour before me. The light was fading fast, and Fortnum Roscoe has a dreary way with him. Living in a different time, I said, do you mean in some different age? Yes, past. No, to come, to come. The year 3000, for example. I don't know what the year was. I did when I was asleep, when I was dreaming, that is. But not now, not now that I am awake. There's a lot of things I have forgotten since I woke out of these dreams, though I knew them at the time when I was. I suppose it was dreaming. They called the year differently from our way of calling the year. What did they call it? He put his hand to his forehead. No, said he, I forget. He sat smiling weakly. For a moment I feared he did not mean to tell me his dream. As a rule I hate people who tell their dreams, but this struck me differently. I proffered assistance even. It began, I suggested. It was vivid from the first. I seem to wake up in it suddenly, and it's curious that in these dreams I am speaking of, I never remembered this life I am living now. It seemed as if the dream life was enough while it lasted. Perhaps. But I will tell you how I find myself when I do my best to recall it all. I don't remember anything clearly until I found myself sitting in a sort of loggia, looking out over the sea. I had been dozing and suddenly I woke up, fresh and vivid, not a bit dreamlike, because the girl had stopped fanning me. The girl? Yes, the girl. You must not interrupt or you will put me out. He stopped abruptly. You won't think I'm mad, he said. No, I answered. You've been dreaming. Tell me your dream. I woke up, I say, because the girl had stopped fanning me. I was not surprised to find myself there, or anything of that sort, you understand. I did not feel I had fallen into it suddenly. I simply took it up at that point. Whatever memory I had of this life, this 19th century life, faded as I woke, vanished like a dream. I knew all about myself, knew that my name was no longer Cooper, but Heaton, and all about my position in the world. I've forgotten a lot since I woke. There's a want of connection, but it was all quite clear and matter-of-fact then. He hesitated again, gripping the window strap, putting his face forward, and looking up to me appealingly. This seems bosh to you. No, no, I cried. Go on. Tell me what this loggia was like. It was not really a loggia. I don't know what to call it. It faced south. It was small. It was all in shadow except the semicircle above the balcony, 
that showed the sky and the sea and the corner where the girl stood. I was on a couch. It was a metal couch with light-striped cushions, and the girl was leaning over the balcony with her back to me. The light of the sunrise fell on her ear and cheek, her pretty white neck and the little curls that nestled there, and her white shoulder were in the sun, and all the grace of her body was in the cool blue shadow. She was dressed. How can I describe it? It was easy and flowing, and although there she stood, so that it came to me how beautiful and desirable she was, as though I had never seen her before. And when at last I sighed and raised myself upon my arm, she turned her face to me. He stopped. I have lived three and fifty years in this world. I have had mother, sisters, friends, wife and daughters. All their faces, the play of their faces, I know.